Welcome to Senpai's Craft Beer Cast. This episode is actually going to be our full episode on yeast. So it should be pretty fun. Let's go ahead and jump right into it and learn some stuff. So there are many different types of yeast out there, but in this episode and any subsequent episode from here on, we'll, uh, we will only be talking about the type of yeast that makes beer. Uh, and a fun fact, apparently brewer's yeast is also used to make bread, and that makes a lot of sense once I heard that. So that was pretty cool. Um, another fun fact, all ingredients in beer are important, uh, but yeast is probably the most important because without yeast, beer wouldn't be beer. Yeast is alive. It is a microscopic single-celled fungi, and it's responsible for one of the best substances in the world. So in general, the way yeast works, uh, we'll get into specifics uh, of different types of yeast in a bit, but basically yeast eats the sugars from the malts and other additions to beer and turns those sugars into alcohol. Not only does yeast produce alcohol, but it is also a key player in a lot of flavors that make certain styles of beer that style of beer. Once again, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Yeast is actually a very fascinating, fun thing to watch if you brew your own beer, especially if you've ever had like a really rigorous fermentation in something like a pet plastic carboy, uh, carboy that you can kind of see through. You kind of know what I'm talking about. It looks really cool sometimes. I had one that was almost comically rigorous. It, almost, it looked like I poured a nitro stout into a glass. It was crazy. And that shit went on for probably two or three days. And that fermenter got hot as hell. Alright, before we get into the different types of yeast, I like to get into how to measure the alcohol content in beer. It's directly related to yeast, and it is quite important if you plan to brew your own beer. Uh, the easiest way to determine the final alcohol content of your brewed beer is to take gravity readings and put them into an app that'll calculate the shit for you. There's a mathematical formula to be able to do it by hand, but fuck if I care what it is when I can just throw it into like Beersmith or some other software that probably won't screw up the calculation. So why would I break out like a calculator? Doesn't make sense. Side note, Beersmith does cost money. Uh, I'm not sure how much it is. Uh, there are other apps and software out there that do not cost money, but out of everything I've used, Beersmith is by far the best program for formulating beer recipes. They have a huge ingredient database. Um, the user interface is really friendly and easy to use, especially for people that might be beginning. Uh, there's a huge community behind it on the Beersmith website. And I actually don't think it's that expensive. I'm not sure how much it is. Uh, there's no affiliate links. They're not a sponsor or anything. I just wanted to kind of give them a shout out. Try out different things and you know, be your own judge, but I like Beersmith. It works really well. Uh, anyway, I don't have numbers handy or anything, but I'll kind of walk you through determining alcohol content when brewing beer. And I mean home brewing beer. Uh, I have no clue how professionals, professional brewers do it. Uh, I can only assume that it's roughly the same way, but they may use better equipment. Shrugs. Uh, so, let's say you did your boil, you did any hop additions at the end, whatever the fuck. Your beer is cooled down and added to your fermenter, and you're about to add yeast, but hold off on that because this is when you're going to want to take your first gravity reading, which is also known as your original gravity reading. 
you'll see that abbreviated as OG a lot in um, whether it be in like beer forums, homebrew forums, uh, things like that. So before adding your yeast, you'll want to get a sample of the beer in this tube-like thingy. I call it a beer test tube thing. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it anyways. Uh, then you'll put your hydrometer into the sample tube thing and let it float in the liquid until it stabilizes. Uh, by the way, the hydrometer has numbers on it. It kind of looks like a thermometer. Okay, so just for shits and giggles, let's say your original gravity is 1.063. Uh, go ahead and make note of that number because you're going to need it later. Um, but you can go ahead, pitch your yeast into the fermenter, cover that bitch up, and let it do its thing. I usually wait a week or two, depending on what I expect the alcohol by volume will be. If it is a higher ABV beer, uh, I give it a bit more time to complete its primary fermentation. Not sure if that's necessary, but I don't really care. I just feel more comfortable doing that. After a week or so, it's time to check your final gravity, So, or I guess your tentative final gravity. Uh, this is also probably a good time to mention that if you're brewing a beer from a recipe kit, that kit usually comes with a sheet of paper that details your fermentation times, expected original gravity, expected final gravity, and your expected alcohol by volume. Those sheets come in super handy, especially if you're new to brewing, so don't throw them away. Um, they help you keep yourself organized, and they give you a lot of space to kind of take notes, uh, which I definitely recommend doing, especially if you're new to brewing. Don't think that you're just going to kind of get a hold of it, you know, right away. You're going to make mistakes. I still make mistakes. I haven't brewed in quite a while, actually. I want to get back into it. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. Yeah, just take notes. Uh, it's going to help you memorize the processes a little bit better. Every beer is different when you brew it, unless you're brewing the same beer over and over. So it's always good to have notes on certain things. Anyway, grab a sanitized, important turkey baster, or a beer thief as you can purchase them, a sanitized important beer test tube thing, and a sanitized important hydrometer. Now sanitization is very important, especially for the um, beer thief or turkey baster to get the uh, beer out of the fermenter. Uh, sanitizing your little test tube thing or your hydrometer isn't that important if you're not going to dump that beer back into your fermenter. If you are, make sure everything that touches that is sanitized. Super important. You're going to take your final gravity reading the same way you did the original gravity reading. <clears throat> if it's where you want it to be, awesome. If it isn't, let it sit for a couple more days and take another test. In this case, uh, we're just going to say we hit our final gravity because I don't... I'm not going through a whole bunch of different scenarios. So your original gravity was 1.063, final gravity was 1.015. And I'm actually, I'm going off the Evergreen IPA. I did get some numbers handy. Um, I'm going off the Evergreen IPA extract recipe kit on Brock's homebrew supply. Uh, they're a little homebrew place over here in Melbourne. They don't ship out. They're local only now, so you can't really go there and get anything, but if you're ever in the Melbourne area or you're in Melbourne listening to this, go check them out. Get your brew stuff there. Awesome little shop. They also, I think they own Quarters uh, Brewery and Arcade as well. Anyway, your original gravity was 1.063. Final gravity was 1.015. Put those numbers into your Magic Beer Recipe program and poof, 
alcohol by volume. Or if you just hit the target gravities listed on the little sheet of paper that we were just talking about, it'll have what that alcohol by volume would be. That's when I would either transfer it to secondary fermentation or dump some of the brewing terms. It's called trube, T-R-U-B. I just call it spent yeast because that's kind of what it is. It's just yeast that's gone dormant. But you can either, if you hit all your stuff, either I usually transfer it to secondary fermentation or dump off the spent yeast and finish the brew later. If you do dump off your spent yeast, you can harvest it, wash it, and keep it for use in another beer. But that's not something I'm willing to dive into in this episode. So that's just, that's how you would determine your alcohol by volume if you were to be brewing your own beer. Yeah. If you want to determine the alcohol by volume on a beer that you buy at the store, look at the fucking can. It's right there. Anyway, we're going to talk about the different types of yeast as well. So first up we have ale yeast. Um, scientific name is Saccharomyces cerevisiae. I think that's how you say it. Cerevisiae? It's spelled weird. It's C-E-R-E-V-I-S-I-A-E. Cerevisiae. Anyway, uh, it's top fermenting. This means that the ale yeast does its work at the top of the fermentation vessel. It best ferments at a temperature range between 68 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. It can probably be a little cooler or a little warmer. Uh, this, the temperature ranges are good to know because whether you're using an ale or a, or a lager yeast, at temperatures that are too hot or too cold, it can cause a lot of off flavors in beer or it just isn't going to ferment correctly to begin with. Um, and we don't want that shit. So ale yeast is used to ferment, of course, Ales. So stouts, IPAs, porters, pale ales, uh, wheats, etc. You get the you get the idea. Lager yeast. Scientific name is Saccharomyces, Saccharomyces pastorianus. Uh, it is bottom fermenting, so unlike ale yeast, lager yeast does its fermenting at the bottom of the fermentation vessel. It ferments at colder temperatures, ranging from 45 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit. And examples of bottom fermented beers are lagers, marzins, um, pilsners, and box. There are a couple more, but we'll just put etc. at the end of that as well. Then you have your wild fermented or spontaneously fermented beers. Um, it uses a wild yeast in an open air vessel for fermentation. Uh, the most Popular wild yeast would probably be Britannomyces lambicus. Yeah, that's what I could find the most information on, and it wasn't a lot of information. Uh, it's used in wild ales, lambics, I believe, and in a lot of sours. I've seen IPAs brewed with Brett as well. Um, Brett is the shortened version of Britannomyces BTW. I haven't been able to find too much about Britannomyces, unfortunately, but I will update any information that I find in future episodes as I come across it. So, yeah, we've talked about how yeast works um, and the different types of yeast. Our last topic will be flavors caused by yeast, uh, whether they are good or bad flavors. First, let's talk about off flavors. Oh, the dreaded off flavors. I've had one too many run-ins with those. 
Um, but I found this awesome article, okay? It's on um, 8degreesplato.com. I'll link that article in the uh, description of this episode. And it listed off flavors caused by yeast. Now, I'll be using this list in this article to tell you what the off flavor is and um, what the off flavor is called and then the flavor that it imparts in the beer. Uh, but the article is actually a little bit more in-depth with how those flavors are caused, so go check it out to get an even better idea of how all flavors develop. Uh, the first one, I am going to get read the whole thing just because I think it's kind of important. We just talked about Britannomyces, and this one is caused by Britannomyces, I believe, solely. That's 4-ethylphenol, uh, which is Brett. It imparts a barnyard or horse blanket aroma. And it's produced by Britannomyces yeast. While this flavor can sometimes be positive, I think, I guess, uh, maybe farmhouse ales, too much inoculation can be a bad thing. Next up, we got 4-Vinyl Guayacol, uh, which gives a clove aroma to beers. Uh, they have, a, oh god, acetaldehyde, um, which gives a green apple or green leaves aroma. Autolysid. Gives a muddy soy sauce or umami aroma and flavor. Butyric acid, a rancid, a rancid butter aroma. Caprylic, caproic, and capric acids give beer a goaty, sweaty socks aroma. Diacetyl gives beer a buttery or butterscotch aroma and flavor. Ethyl acetate gives it an estery solvent aroma and can even induce eye-watering sensation in large quantities. Fusel gives beer a harsh on the palate or a wine-like aroma. Isoamyl acetate is a banana or circus peanut aroma. And sulfur, which is rotten eggs, sewer gas, and burnt match aroma. Uh, some all-right flavors that occur in beer from yeast could be certain spicy flavors and aroma. I'm sure that even every now and then that the clove aroma and flavor could probably be all right. You'll actually find a lot of the spicier flavors from yeast in Belgian beers. You get a lot of fruity, you can get fruity flavors from yeast, even the buttery, not the rancid butter. As mentioned above, there are a couple that can give a, like a kind of a buttery or even caramel flavors can come from yeast. And that can be used to a lot of beer's advantage as well, especially, I would say, probably in red or amber ales. Um, getting some of them caramel flavors can lend a lot of complexity to a beer. Uh, sometimes yeast is allowed into the bottle or can. Um, and you'll actually see yeast in a lot of Belgian beers and wheat beers like a Hefeweizen. Uh, usually yeast being in your beer is neither good nor bad. Uh, sometimes yeast being left behind can cause off flavors down the road. If that ever happens, just write an email to the brewery. That's what I do. Um, write an email to the brewery uh, to let them know. Sometimes they'll send you a little something to replace the beer that was uh, messed up. And sometimes they won't. But it's always a good idea to make sure the brewery is aware of any bad batches of beer that may have been distributed. Uh, even if they aren't able to replace the beer for you, just be happy knowing that you could help them out a little bit. I've had to do it a couple times, and uh, if you do... If you do have to do it, I just include like the canning or bottling date as well. That way you'll be able to kind of help them figure out where any other brews from that batch may have gone. 
actually had a beer from Lord Hobo Brewing go through, I think, a re-fermentation in the can once. Once, once I cracked it open, just cracked the tab on the can, it sounded like a goddamn gunshot. It scared the shit out of everybody in the house. It was kind of nuts. Yeah. So that should conclude our talk on yeast. If y'all have any questions, head over to senpiescraftbeercast.com and send me a message through the contact page. Uh, if I come across any other important info, I will mention it on future episodes. And if you would like an episode where I put together a bunch of information on the different strains of yeast, let me know. You can send me a message through the website or just go over to like Facebook uh, and hit me up there. Yeast. Very, very interesting. But even more interesting, we have a beer to review. Let me move some shit around here. Alright, so today... Just because I got this, I got two six packs for I think like ten bucks. Pretty good fucking deal. Uh, but we're going to be doing New Belgium Brewing's Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. If you're familiar with the Voodoo Ranger series, you'll know the little skeleton guy. Uh, he's kind of cool, I guess. I've had a lot of beers in this series. Um, actually, right now I'm on the lookout for Juicifer. I really want to try Juicifer, but I haven't yet. But you can get these at most grocery stores that sell beer. Uh, Target has them. Target actually tends to have them for pretty cheap. Uh, I've found them around, I think, like $9 uh, per six-pack. Um, the only reason that I got these ones, I got them from Publix on buy one, get one free. So it was pretty decent for, I think, $10, $10.50 or something like that for uh, 12 beers. But can's pretty cool. It's got that just Voodoo Ranger look to it. Skeleton guy says... Uh, New Belgium at the top. <clears throat> Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA, brewed and canned by New Belgium Brewing, Fort Collins, Colorado, and Asheville, North Carolina. 12 fluid ounces, 355 milliliters, brewed and canned by blah, 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 blah. Has that little bicycle that they're famous for. Alcohol by volume, 7.5%. India Pale Ale, brewed with spice. Government warnings, UPC labels, all aluminum. Please recycle. Let's see, enjoy by November 24th, 2019. We are well within that. Let's crack her open. And give her a nice pour. All right. So, it is hazy. A nice golden color. I'd say, can't see through it, so when it says hazy IPA, if I see through it, I'm going to be pissed off anyway. Uh, let's see about... Finger-wide, white head on or dissipates pretty quickly. Overall, as pretty as hazy IPAs can get. Well, let's get an aroma for you. Smells juicy. Uh, definitely get a lot of fruit, a lot of uh, citrus. I want to say some tropical fruits as well. Maybe guava, maybe a little bit of mango. No real bitterness coming off the hops to speak of. It seems like it's mostly going to be... Uh, fruit, maybe a little bit of a floral thing going on, but a lot of tropical. I'm not complaining, that's kind of how I like them, so. Smells really good. A little bit of a malty thing going on, which also I enjoy. Let's get a mouthfeel and a flavor. Nice medium mouthfeel to it. Not super effervescent. You don't get any of the, uh, no real alcohol burn or anything. Flavor-wise, it's the same way. It tastes like a juice bomb, pretty much. A lot of tropical juices, just like in the nose, maybe mango, guava, you get some of that citrus in there. Nothing too crazy coming from the malt, 
Might be a little bit dangerous at 7.5% because it is a very good beer. I can see sitting around and just kind of losing track of how many you've drank. And next time you get up, you're passing out. You get a little bit of that bitterness right in the back. And right there, right before it hits the back of the tongue. That's something else that I like. I do like to have a little bit of bitterness in my IPAs. I think that's kind of the point of an IPA. But all in all, for the price, it's a very solid uh, hazy IPA. I think it's a very good introduction to the style as well. Very easy to get your hand on. It, hands on. It's not going to destroy your palate. It's a little bit on the lighter side. Uh, it's really good. I'd say you know, give it a shot if you've never had a hazy IPA. Uh, see if you can find this one. I think you'll like it a lot. Alright, so, yeah. Thanks for listening. I tried to get a little bit more organized with this episode, so hopefully you liked it. If you did, please share it with your friends, your family, and anyone else you know that may enjoy beer. We found on Facebook at Senpai's Craft Beer Cast. Just go ahead and I think you can just type that into the search bar. I'll pop right up. Uh, we found on Instagram at Senpai's underscore Craft Beer Cast. My website is senpaiscraftbeercast.com, and I now have a Patreon where I'm trying to raise money for new brewing equipment, recording equipment, and to improve the audio in my recording space. I'm also looking to add video to these podcasts, which will probably come in the form of complimentary videos in addition to my regular audio episodes, perhaps like a YouTube channel, I don't know yet. But I will link all that in this episode's description. Thanks for listening, and I hope you learned a little something about yeast.